Welcome to the Iron Society podcast, where we build men of God to become husbands and fathers that change the world. No man should have to struggle through life alone or lacking the tools they need to win and dominate life. Every week, we will bring you an inspiring and actionable conversation that will forge you into the man and leader God has called you to be. Welcome to the Iron Society. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode eight, the Ocho of the Iron Society. I'm Cody Chapman. I'm one of your hosts. I'm also here with Nick Milligan. Nick, Nick the Milligan. The Milligan. Nikki M. No, <laughs> no, not Nick. Oh gosh, I just I love. I don't even know why I started calling you that one day. It came out during a vlog, and well, I was, you start calling Mikey D, Mikey D. Yeah, and then. Which it works for him. Mikey it works D for sounds him. like, hey, it's freaking Mikey D over here. Yeah. And Nikki M. You keep trying to force the Nikki M. I'm not for I just comes never out gonna sometime. Happen. Yeah. Never going to happen. Anyways, um, well, welcome back to the show. We're going to be talking about something today that is a topic that I never considered from this perspective before, because mm-hmm. this weekend I went to a, uh, an event for an organization called the Brain Injury Alliance, and there were a bunch of old MMA fighters there. Nice. And when I say old, I mean, they're not super old, but they're old. Like, they're not doing the MMA. They are, they're old yes. for the sport. Um, and one of the guys in particular that was there was Matt Hughes, which Heck he's yes. one of, he, I, I don't, I think he has nine world titles. I think oh, that's he's the number he t- Yeah, he, that's the number he tossed out. Um, which, I, I mean, just getting one is amazing, <laughs> but having nine of them is mm-hmm. pretty insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, and before the event, they had some clips of him fighting. I'm like, dude, this guy was a bad dude. Oh, yeah. Like, you would not want to cross this guy. No. Um, capable. And he's not even like a thug from the city. He's just a farm boy. Yep. Like, with that, you know, corn-fed, hay-bale-lifting strength, you know, and that work ethic. Yeah, he grew up, uh, if I remember correctly, wrestling. I mean, he dominated he? Coll- collegiate. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a bad dude. And even still now, after his, like, train accident that he had, uh, like five years ago, I still wouldn't want to mess with that dude. Hmm. Like he'd still probably hurt me. Anyone that has cauliflower ear, I stay away from. <laughs> yes. There's, there's your sign. Yeah. It's seriously, any, any dude that has cauliflower ear, I'm like, you don't get that overnight. No. And so that's, that is years it's of earned. That's years of training to know how to hurt people really bad. <laughs> so if I ever see that, I'm like, Nope, I'm whatever, dude, take yep. my wallet. Yep. Go ahead. Here you go. Um, <laughs> but he, he was telling this story and this story, I, I know it did not hit other people the same way it hit me mm. because I like, I, I got pretty borderline emotional about it. Um, but he was telling the story about was one fight, which there was a clip that played earlier in the night and he's, he's down, he's get, I mean, this other, his opponent is just grounded and pounding, right? He's getting demolished yeah. and he ends up turning the guy over, picks him up and runs him all the way across the octagon and slams him down. Hmm. And one of the things he said was, he's like, a lot of people thought that I did that to hurt him more, Mm -hmm. to run him across with a lot of force and really slam him to the ground hard. Mm -hmm. A lot of people thought I did it for um, fight theatrics. Mm. He's like, that is not why I did that. Uh, And he went on to explain it. And this is what hit me so hard. He's like, when at that point in the fight, I was in his corner. Like, so this, his opponent's corner men were right there by him he was in his opponent's corner when he was getting beat when he's getting the crap kicked out of him 
And he said, I knew if I did not take this fight back to my corner, I was about to lose. Ah. So when he picked his, this guy up and ran him across and slammed him down, it wasn't for theatrics. It wasn't to try to hurt him. He was getting as close to his corner as possible because that's where his cornermen could have a better perspective and say, hey, look out for this. Do this, right? Encourage him. He could actually hear them. He could actually hear them. Yeah. because, And he even said, he said, normally I can pick out and I can hear my corner really well. But in that moment, between the roar of the crowd and hearing his opponent's corner, he could not hear his corner mm -hmm. talking to him. Mm -hmm. He said, if I did not get this fight back to my corner, I was going to lose. And that's why I did that. Mm. Um, and then he said something like, that just, I mean, shook me. He's like, when people fight me, I want them to know they're not just fighting me, but they're fighting my corner too. Mm, and good. it hit me so deep. Yeah. Because instantly, right, I start thinking about, like, the guys inside the Brotherhood and the Iron Society. Sure. I start thinking about friends and all this. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, you're talking about MMA fighting, and I'm thinking about life right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and that's what we want to talk about today was corner men. Like, what are their purpose it, in, in a fighting capacity, mm -hmm. but how that translates into a Christian man's life? Because I think there, are, there is a very, very clear parallel to having good cornermen mm -hmm. and being a good cornerman, right? Yep. Um, I also think there, there's a, there is an account in scripture that lays this out really well that we'll get to in a minute. Um, but at the end of the day, like, and we'll ask you this question at the end as well, like whose corner are you in as a cornerman? And for you, who is your cornerman? Like who are those people where it's like when crap hits the fan in life, when you're having issues with your marriage or you're having trouble being a dad or you're frustrated with parenting or work stuff, like not who are the people that you just go piss and moan and complain to, sure. but who are the people that you bring the fight back to and they fight with you, right? Like they have your back. I think most guys can picture at least one man it, that hopefully. instantly comes to their head. Yeah. No matter what's happening, they know they've got their back, right? Yeah. Like there's the old adage of, you know, friend calls you up and blah, 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 you know, I need help and the guy answers, do I bring a shovel or <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what know, are we burying the dude? What do I need to bring? You know, yeah. it's just no, no questions asked. I'm there for you no matter what. Well, it's right? like that one clip I've seen. I don't know what movie it's from, but it's like, Hey, I can't tell you what we're doing yeah, or yeah, what's yeah. going on, but we could get in trouble for this. And the guy just replies like, whose car are we taking? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that is a corner man. Yeah. Right. Um, and it reminds me like, so back in fire Academy, right. Um, instructor Kavarnberg sure. from Olympia fire. Heck one of yeah. the things that he said early on in fire Academy that, I mean, again, it shook me because mm -hmm. we were talking about mayday procedures and, um, having each other's having our fire brother and sisters backs. Yeah. And he's like, if I'm ever on the fire ground with you guys and I hear a mayday from one of you, he's like, just know this. I will come save you. I will eat through drywall yeah. to come get you. Yeah. I will get you. Just hold on. I'm coming. And I remember when he said that, like, I, it, it, bro, it shook me deep oh, yeah. to just know, like, this dude that I don't know, for he doesn't know me from Adam, right? But because I'm one of his fire brothers, he would eat through drywall to get to me. And this dude, I, I mean, if you're listening to this, you don't know this guy. He's the kind of dude that would do that. Oh, yeah. Like, he would, he would ram his head through a brick wall in order to come save somebody. Like, that's the kind of duty he is. Yeah. Passionate about the job and capable. 100% capable. Right? Yep. He, he trained 
to be able to follow up yeah. to back up what he's saying. Yep. Right. There, there's nothing he's gonna utilize every tool, every trick he's ever learned, but he's put the time in, right? He set himself yeah. up for success by putting the time in the training to prepare yeah. himself to be that asset if yep. called upon. Yeah. Right. And how much more does that embolden and inspire you as the guy going in first, right? Whether it's search or on the nozzle, to know that XYZ, you know, whether it's Kavarnberg or 15 other guys that get tapped out to that fire, have your back if yeah. something goes wrong, yeah. right? That enables you to be confident as you progress forward into this IDLH environment uh, and sometimes completely blacked out. You don't know where your next step is going. Is that floor yeah. even stable? Like, but you, you are confident, all the more confident in progressing, you know, uh, forward in that uh, structure to be able to find the seat of the fire or the victim or what have you, because a, because that's your job, but B, you know, that if something does go wrong, you're not alone. Yeah. Well, it's like, I mean, I remember going through Academy and doing search and rescue with our buddy Zach Mm -hmm. and the the instructors play this stupid. I mean, it's good. It trains you. (laughs) It's a good experience. It's a good experience. It's not a good experience, (laughs) Uh, but as you're searching, you're dragging out you a 200 pound dummy while on air and they'll come up behind you, and without you knowing, they'll turn your air off. Right. So that all of a sudden, you suck your mask to your face, and you don't have any air. And so you have to start going through mayday procedures. And they did it to me. I sound my alarm. I start going through the process. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I'm able to take a breath. And there's our buddy Zach, right, who had seen it happen and was right behind me and saw me start going through the procedures. Mm-hmm turned my air back on for me and he grabs me before and like, like face to face. He's like, I got your back. I'll always have your back. And then we just, you know, drug this heavy dummy out the rest of the way, you know, but that experience, it was like real life, real time from another brother in the fire service. That was like, bro, I got you. Yeah. You know? Um, and I think every man needs to have that in his life. Like not dudes that say they will do it, but dudes that do it. Act in non-verba. Act, I was, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, actions, not words. Like, yep. there's one thing to have somebody that says, I got your back. And then you call them up for some help. And it's like, ah, oh, dude, actually, I'm busy. Or, ah, oh, man, now's not a good time. It's like, people that have your back, when it's not a good time, and it's not convenient, and it's not something that was on their schedule, they'll figure out a way to make it happen. Yeah. If you need help. Well, it's... They're, the ideal cornerman, the ideal brother who's got your back, is also prepared to actually take action too. Yeah, right. He's not just sitting around being lazy, stacking on pounds, and and isn't equipped or doesn't have the training and tools to get in the fight with you, whether that's physically or m- mentally or spiritually, whatever arena it is in. He's applying himself so he can be an asset instead of a liability, because there's nothing worse than you know, you finding yourself in a situation where you're already in trouble and need some help. And then somebody else comes to the scene to quote unquote help, but ends up making themselves a liability there again. Now there's two people that need rescued, right? Like if you're going to be that corner man, be prepared to get in the fight. Yeah. And those are the two ingredients I think of a good, I mean, we'll, we'll go over some actual attributes of good corner men, but I think ultimately there is two traits that cover them all and it is availability and ability Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like you have the availability 
of saying, I'm going to be there for you and I will be there for you. And you have the ability to actually make a difference. Yeah. Those two things right there are, I, I think, the big umbrella terms that even if you're listening to this, asking yourself, for your brothers, do you have, one, the availability to actually go help them? Whether that be getting on a phone call, going to their house, whatever, right? You have the availability. You have made yourself available to help them. Yeah. And do you have the ability? Now, I would even say of those two, I, I think, and this kind of goes against what you said a second ago, I, I agree with you, but I even think availability is the most important thing because you could have all the ability in the world, but if you are not available, it doesn't matter. You could have every tool in the toolbox, but if you are not there, it does not matter. Certainly. Right? Um, and that's why the combination of the two, I think, are, is the ultimate of like, you have both of these. You can do something and you are able to do something in the moment. Right? Yeah. You got to set your life up in a way that you can drop everything. Yes. And your life's still going to be okay. Yep. If you do need to step in and assist some guy, right? Like, remember, uh, we had moved away from our first house. Uh, we had this neighbor next door, great guy. Um, windstorm happened and massive tree came through the entire length of their house. Yikes. He and his wife and a friend were sitting in the living room. It missed them, thank God, but their house was destroyed, right? And it's windstorm, so it's raining, you know, what have you, all all the things. I think the wife posted something on Facebook or something, and Jessica happened to see it, and she told me, and I'm like, I just, I jumped up, and and we're 30 minutes away at this point in our new place. I jumped up. On the way to, uh, you know, I threw in my chainsaw, some uh, uh, chain and come along and, you know, just anything I can think of that I might need some tarps, you know, anything I can think of that might be helpful in the situation. And, you know, within 10 minutes, I'm on the road and I'm calling three more friends of mine who doesn't know this guy. Right. And I'm bringing the whole corner to him. Yep. Right. Because I know he's needs help. And he was, he was dumbfounded when I showed up. He was like, what are you doing here? I'm like, dude, my wife saw it on Facebook. Like, uh, he's, and he's like, nobody else came. Mm-hmm. Nobody else came. Some yep. of his closest friends, nobody else came. Yep. Right? He even called a couple of them, and they weren't available. Yep. Right? It just goes to show you, sometimes it may not even be that closest friend because he's not available. Mm-hmm. Right? But... Ideally, you're investing into others in a way and, and trying to surround yourself with men that are, that are A, available and B, capable. Because at the end of the day, even, even afterwards, the following day, I think, I had figured out a way to get a big old 24-foot cargo trailer from a friend to his house so we could start loading up all his crap and put it in storage mm-hmm. while they did what they needed to do to the house. And again, it was crazy. You know, at this point, the word's out, you know, everyone's had a chance to hear what's going on at this point, you know, 24 hours later, nobody else showed up to help pack up his house, but one of the little old ladies from the church and an, an, an ex neighborhood kid who had, who was, he was probably like 20 or so at this point, he had moved away though too, but he had heard about it and showed up, you know, I just, I don't know that, that always stuck out to me and he was, you know, he was super grateful, just the nicest family. Uh, man, it, it breaks my heart to, 
to see the lack of response yeah. to help them well, because and, he was, they were always giving, right. They were always helping yeah. people. And anyways, and, and there's like a popular saying, and I've heard it for years and it, in a cert to a certain extent, I agree with it. But if you look at this saying in another context, it becomes really sad. And the saying is no one is coming to save you. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like, Part of me, part of me, I love like the aggressive grit, like idea of like, no one's coming to save you, pick yourself up, get in the fight, do what you need. To me, right? it speaks, you should be prepared to take care of business yourself. Yes, right? absolutely. Because there's, you know, law enforcement or whoever's not coming, you know, you need to be, you know, you need to know how to use a tourniquet in the worst case scenario, right? And yeah. so on and so forth, like be prepared, but there is... The, le- the aspect of what yeah, I think and if, where if you truly have no one that is coming to your aid that's your fault indeed like you haven't engaged in community in a way with other families or other men you haven't built the relationships mm-hmm. you haven't built the brotherhood mm-hmm. if no one is truly coming to save you it's your fault mm. because you have not done the things to build the relationship with people to have the corner yeah. that when some when crap hits the fan that you know like i know I, and even when I lived in Idaho, I told somebody this, I don't, I forget the conversation where it was happening. I, I, I do not remember what the context was, uh, but they're like, who do you have that could come help you if this doesn't work? And I literally told them, I was like, I could call Nick. He would drive 10 hours to get here over in the middle of the night. He would drive yep. to come, make, to come, to come help. Yep. And, and I just know, and it's not even like I have that expectation of you. Like I'm forcing it on you. I just know. If I called Nick at midnight and said, dude, I need you here by 9 a.m., I know you would grab your go bag, get in the car, yep. no questions, and you just go. Yep. Right? I just know that. And it's, to me, it's heartbreaking that men don't have other men in their life where it's like they know that they would grab a bag and go. Right? Yeah. And it's like even as, as you're building the house, right? It's like, I mean, I was super, I was super clear. I'm like, dude, you need help with anything. You call me, let me know. Yeah. I'm coming over. We'll get it done. Yeah. You know? Um, and and I think, I think that right there is really important for guys. Cause how often does a guy need some help? It doesn't ask for it. A thousand right? percent. Like, Oh no, I can, I can unload this entire trailer myself. Yeah. What have you, you know? Yeah. And, and yeah, maybe, but are you going to hurt your back in the, in the meantime? Yep. And, and you know, and how much, how, how inefficient is that? Yeah. You know, and how many, how many, pieces of furniture did you break or scratch or whatever because you're trying to manhandle it through the door yourself yeah. or whatever you know the the lack of uh the ability in, in most men i would say to ask for help is 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 something i think we need to work on overall totally right and, and this is why i love this analogy and picture that matt hughes brought up because how stupid of matt if he's in the ring in his opponent's corner mm-hmm. getting the living piss kicked out mm-hmm. of him and he's like, no, nah, I'm not going to take it back to my corner. I don't want to burden my corner. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. dude, that's why they are there. Yeah. Yeah. They're there to support you, and they're there to help you. Yeah. It, it's a stupid move not to go back to your corner. You know, and and they've made it very clear, right? They're, they're there. They're wearing your garb. You know, they're yeah. representing you. And I think that's where it's important for guys to tell there are other brothers. Hey, I'm here for you. Yeah. If you ever need anything, if you need a hand with this, need a hand with that, call me, man. Yep. Call me. Yep. I, and I think, I think we need to do that aspect more as well because yep. that, that makes, 
that that ask all the easier. 100%. Because they already know the answer, right? Yep. The guy already said, hey, I'll be there for you. You yep. need a hand with something? Let me know, man. Yeah. And we did that on last night's brotherhood call. Yeah. Where at the very end, every man had to come off of mute and they had to tell one other guy in the brotherhood, like, I will fight with you. I am in your corner. I have your back. And like, you could hear it in the, like one, you could hear it in the guy's voices that were saying it like this almost like fighter inside of them, like took Mm -hmm. off like Mm -hmm. a little bit of a shell and like grabbed his sword, Mm -hmm. you know? And to see the guy's reactions that got told from other dudes, like I've got your back. Yeah. Come take the fight over here and I'll fight with you. You know, one of the guys turned his camera off because, I mean, he covered his face first because he yeah. started weeping and turned his, turned his camera off because he didn't, he didn't yeah. want to start sobbing in front of everybody, yeah. you know? Um, no, that's impactful. It's it, so I, impactful. Men need to hear that. We, we often take up this mantle of, you know, oh, we need to be lone wolves. We need to, you know, burden that, you know, carry this burden on our own, you know, shoulder this burden on our own. And it's not true. It's not how we were, you know, our creator didn't create us to be independent. Correct. He created us to be in community. Yes. And that is one of the things that I, I personally don't like the overextending or overreaching bent on a lot of masculine conversation mm-hmm. is like, be capable, be, you know, you, yes, be capable. And I think there needs to be as, as much, if not more, conversation of who's your band of brothers that are fighting with you, Yeah. right? Like, yes, you need to be capable. Don't be capable be for a, them. Yeah, don't be a belly button-filled Cheeto dust dude, you know, <laughs> with dozens of cans of Mountain Dew sitting back. You know what I mean? Like, sure. don't be a lazy, fat, gelatinous yeah. sack of crap, yeah. right? Be capable. And at the same time, like have your team, right? Some yes. of the baddest mofos that, you know, guys can look to are dudes in the SEAL teams, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And they, their power does not come from the individuals. Yep. That is why it is called the teams. Yeah. Because their strength and their, their ability ultimately comes from their team. Yeah. Uh, the roles and, in which they And the play roles in which between. they play. Yeah. And so, yes, you need to be capable, but at the same time, and this is where I want to bring up Luke chapter five Mm -hmm. in scripture, Mm -hmm. because sometimes you are completely incapable of doing what needs to be done. Yeah. And if you don't have your corner man, you don't have your team, you're completely screwed, right? Because in Luke chapter five, there's this story and it literally doesn't name who they are. It just says some men were carrying a guy on a bed, right? To take him to Jesus. These, these, well, yeah. And we, so we don't know how many men it could have been two, could have been three, could have been four, could have been six. We don't know. Sure. But it was some men were taking this guy to go see Jesus because the guy was paralyzed. He was incapable of getting himself to Jesus, completely incapable. And needed a miracle. And needed a miracle. So these guys, we don't know if they're his brothers, his neighbors, his friends, his friends from synagogue. We don't know. Yeah. These dudes were carrying him. And the first thing they ran into was an obstacle when they got there. The crowd was too big. And so what did they do? They got on top of the freaking roof, started ripping the roof apart and lowered him down right in front of Jesus. I love that imagery. It's, it's so, so crazy. It's so, yeah. And now the houses weren't built the same way back then. And people are like, well, it's easier to tear a roof apart. I don't care how easy it was to You're tear the roof apart. You're destroying someone else's roof. It wasn't your house, <laughs> dog. You know? You know? And, yeah. and you are so 
you are so you're so filled with faith because that's what it eventually says is that Jesus mm-hmm. saw their faith. And contextually, I I believe that he is that scripture is telling us their faith was about the some men. Yes. Not about the paralyzed guy. Yeah. And he saw their faith and this guy got healed, right? And I'm like, all I'm thinking about is this guy was physically incapable of doing it himself. Yeah. Right. So we want to talk about having the ability. Homeboy did not have the ability. Yeah. And this is where these guys essentially acted as his corner men. And we're like, bro, we're going to carry your butt there. Yeah. And, and by the way, once we get you there, oh, there's a crowd. Oh, we're not just going to give up and go home. No, we're going to tear the roof off and we're going to get you in front of the man we came to bring you to because we have this faith knowing if we can get you to Jesus, you will be healed. Yeah. And they did anything possible to make that happen. And gosh, I'm, it just, it makes me think about all the places in my life or your life or anyone's life where we might not see it ourselves, but we're just incapable of making it happen. And if we don't have these dudes around us in our corner that we can take the fight to, we, we won't be able to get there. Yeah. Well, the corner can speak life into a situation, right? Speak that yeah. perspective. The best corner man is someone who's been in the sport before, yeah, right? Who, absolutely. Who's has the experience, has the knowledge and insight to be able to then share that with you as you're fighting. Yes. Hey, grab this elbow. Hey, you know, do this. Step left when he does this. You know, X, Y, you know. And furthermore, inspire and encourage, right? Like, yeah. hey, you got this. Like, being able to uh, give the fighter the confidence to keep moving forward. Yeah. Right? You know, or the cut man who can help heal you. Yep. You know, help prolong your you ability know, to stay in the your fight. Your ability to stay in the fight, right? Yeah. Like, there's there's so many benefits to that corner, you know, corner, and they each have their role, and that's why it's important to have more than just one, yes. right? A corner is filled with you know several guys, and, and in my book, the more the merrier. In some regard, I mean, Jesus, yeah. Jesus had twelve disciples that he was ministering to, and they went on and kept going like and kept having you know paul had his timothy and so on and so forth like you always got guys that you're uh mentoring and being mentored by right yeah. you should be surrounding yourself with people above and below you at all times to be yep. able to get you know fresh eyes and perspective on things and and be able to just you know stay in the fight yeah and what i love about this as well and this is a question we posed to the guys last night in the brotherhood when it says that Jesus saw their faith, and then this guy got healed. Mm. It, all I was thinking about was, like, whose breakthrough is on the other side of our faith? Yeah. Right? Whose breakthrough is on the other side of our capacity to grow and be there for somebody? Yeah. Right? It's not like their action is getting them their breakthrough. For this paralyzed guy, it was not his action that got this breakthrough. Right. It was of these other guys. Yeah. And how many men go through their life thinking only about themselves. Like what about my marriage, my parenting, my finances, my career, my calling. And I'm like, yes, you need to figure that out and you need to have a vision for that. But what about your ability to help somebody else break through? Yeah. What about that? Who are you fighting with and for in such a way where it is literally selfless of, I am only in this fight to make sure you win. This has, this does not help me win in any way, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. And like those guys that were ripping through the roof, right? They had to get, they had to have gotten cuts, bloody knuckles, like all of that. And they weren't even doing it for themselves. 
They were doing it for the paralyzed dude. Mm-hmm. But they did it because they were so, they were so called to helping this guy. And if, as men, we have, to, we have to have that kind of resolve, not just for our own life, but to help other people break through and not write them off and say, right. you're dead weight. You can't do it. You can't help us. So screw it. Figure it out on your own. Well, I mean, Christ is our ultimate example of that. He came to serve, not be served. hundred percent. Right. Came in humility. Yeah. You know, kept the focus on what his mission was. And that was to rescue those who do not know what they did. Yeah. What well, they had done. Like, you know, and it says he, he gave himself as a ransom. Yes. Right. He gave himself as a ransom. What's a ransom? A ransom is a payment for somebody else's release. Yeah. He acted as the payment for somebody else's freedom. Mm-hmm. That right there is the exact same parallel of what these other guys did. Mm-hmm. They, their energy, their effort, their hard work was the ransom paid for somebody else's healing. Yeah. And a lot of guys don't want to be the ransom for somebody else. And I would, I would say if you're not willing to do that, you are not fully accepting the lifestyle of living like Jesus did. Absolutely. Because that is what Jesus did. Yeah, absolutely. I think they're, they're shorting themselves of, of what could be because so much satisfaction and joy is found in serving someone else. 100%. Giving, giving pouring out is, I mean, everyone is chasing that thing that makes them feel better and gives them, you know, whatever they're, you know, trying to satisfy this, this hole people talk about, like this hole in my life, this, you know, whatever it is, you know, and what, what brings them joy. And they think the the new boat's going to bring them joy. And then they get tired of that. And the new, this, what have you tell you what it's serving people. Yeah. It's the, the joy is, is there when you see someone smile and go and say, and give thanks for, you know, helping them for giving them, uh, you know, what they needed in that moment, you know, and and that's ultimately, I think it's also obedience to God. You know, he calls us to love one another, right? He calls us to serve one another and to go into the nations and tell them all about Jesus, right? Ultimately, everything he's instructed us to do is ultimately that for somebody else, not ourselves. Yep. It's, you know, but, but how, how fulfilled you become when you're pouring out is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why, like, I mean, it's, it's why it's one of the biggest things I miss about being a firefighter Mm -hmm. and why, like, I mean, that's Mm -hmm. why I'm going to be applying to, you know, Flathead County search and rescue Mm -hmm. because, um, like there is that part that's really fulfilling of like showing up into coming into somebody else's worst day of their life and being able to help them. And for me, I I don't need the pat on the back. I don't need you to say thank you. I just want, I just want to help you in, in, on the worst day of your life. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's not for accolades. It's not, and that's where it's like, for me, it's in my head, it's not even about being fulfilled in my head. Mm. Is it fulfilling? Yes. But it's not about me seeking fulfillment Mm -hmm. and using somebody else's disadvantage to fulfill myself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. Because even then it can become a selfish act, Mm. right. Of I'm, I'm going to go help you. So I can be fulfilled. It's a matter of the right? heart. It's, a, it's absolutely a matter of the heart. Yeah. Um, but that is where men have to be in this position of, I'm, I'm going to be willing to get in the fight for you mm-hmm. and have your back mm-hmm. because 
you you just need help. You need a corner man, and I'm going to be that person for you. Well, that's why we have, as part of one of the protocols in the identity code, how are you going to show up as a brother? Yep. Right? Yeah, and what is yours, by the way? Pull it up. Grab uh, your phone. Give me a pull sec. it up. Give me a sec. Nick's pulling his code up right Slowly now. Slowly but surely. Mm, that's not it. I'm pulling mine up right now, too. So, uh, unapologetically, I call men to lead and love their families sacrificially in defiance of a sinful culture and, and in obedience to Scripture. I submit myself to be sharpened by trusted brothers to grind away the sin that dulls my effectiveness. Yeah. And mine is, I will embrace discomfort, for I know that it will forge in me the very things I need to serve those around me. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, this is part of our protocol. The reason why we do everything we do, part of it is in order to serve those around us and have these brothers that we fight with us mm-hmm. and we will fight for, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So the, a question, the couple questions that I would want everybody to consider is, whose corner are you in and who is in your corner? Yeah. You need to be able to answer that. If you can't, it should toss a red flag in the air. Because that's a scary place to be. Because scripture says, like, a man who isolates himself, seeks isolation, seeks his own destruction. Yep. Right? And if you can't identify whose corner you're in and who is in your corner, you've probably isolated yourself. Yeah. Like, most likely. And if crap is really not going well for you right now, that's probably one of the reasons why. That's a good place to start, right? Yes. Go get in community. Yes. Go to your local church. Yep. Go get in a small group. Go get in a men's group of some sort. Some, you know, someone hopefully is going to point you to Jesus first and foremost. You know, uh, you've, you've got to be known yes. and know others. Yeah. Period. Absolutely. And, and I think the being known part for men is the hardest part. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of men want to know a lot about other men and what's going on in people's lives. I mean, that's just, and, and women too, right? Like they just want to know, like, you know, the latest gossip and what's going on. That's why most that. people just scroll on Instagram and Facebook, don't actually yeah. post anything themselves. They want to know what in the world's going on with yeah. everybody else, but they don't want to be known. Yeah. Right? Um, so yes, it's not just the knowing, but the being known part. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I will say, that is one of the most powerful things that we see in the Iron Society Brotherhood. Mm. Is the, I mean, the stuff that guys talk about in the Brotherhood and are honest, open, and transparent about and divulge, it is... <laughs> It is not your like nice little things you talk about in a small group at a men's event. <laughs> like, I mean, there are like there there are some very deep, painful things yeah. um, that are going on that guys are like, dude, this is this is what I'm this is what I'm dealing with. And it's and it's because they're able to be open, honest, and transparent that they're actually experiencing some change because yeah, because they're cornermen. The guys in the in the Iron Side are able to speak to it yes. out of either their past experience and how mm-hmm. and sharing their testimony, how God brought them through that exact type of thing, or encouraging them in a way that gives them a practical thing to execute. Yeah. Right? Like giving them the structure to, okay, well, here's here's what is 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 the plan forward. Yep. Let's let's, you know, what's happened has happened. You know, there's no condemnation in Christ. Let's, you know, move forward in conviction for sure, you know, but go attack the day, yeah. right? And, and change it up. And I just wonder how many, how many guys, how many men that follow Jesus, their 
uh, physical, emotional, spiritual, marital, financial issues have been clinging on for so long simply because they've not had a corner that they can take the fight to. Yeah. Like if you are experience, if you have just been experiencing the same things for years over and over and over and over and over and over again, I would highly doubt that you actually have a corner that you could take stuff to. At least because, a, a good corner or yeah. qualified corner. And I, I screw qualified. I, I, I doubt they have one at all. Yeah. Because the, I, yeah. I, from experience, I know that like the, whether it be guys in the Iron Society or guys I've coached over the years, the guys that have had the same struggles for years on end don't have one, period. Mm-hmm. They don't have anybody they can go to. Mm-hmm. And their first attempt to start to have a corner was hiring me as their coach mm-hmm. or joining the brotherhood, mm-hmm. right? It's like, oh my God, I have not had this in years. And then all of a sudden you see, start to see a guy grow and flourish in a way he hasn't in years just by being in the proximity of these other guys. Yes. And, and with the Iron Society specifically, this is not a men's small group that meets together at the local Kalispell Black Rifle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. These are dudes from Texas, California, Oregon, Washington, Montana, Ohio, like Alaska. Alaska. Like we're not even close to each other, like in a in a local place. Yeah. But we've built this community and this proximity together and this transparency mm-hmm. that makes it feel close mm-hmm. and it provides similar outcomes. Yep. Um, and so if you don't have that, find it somewhere. And if that's the brotherhood, cool. Awesome. Praise the Lord. If it's not, find it somewhere because you freaking need it. Yes. And you're gonna keep struggling if you don't have it. Guaranteed. Um so yeah. That's, I don't know, that's, I feel like that's all I want to say about that as we're 37 minutes in. That's all I want to say. That'll work. That'll work. But anyways, you guys, if you do not have a corner, if you do not have the people that you could take the fight to and people that you would fight with and for, get it. You absolutely need it. Um, or else you're going to get the crap out of you. Indeed. You'll just, you'll just keep getting beat up over and over and over again. And that... It's impossible to show up as the husband and father you need to show up as if you are constantly having the crap kicked out of you. Yep. Like, you ever see those guys after fights? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Win or lose. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. Imagine showing up like the loser in your marriage emotionally like that. Like, dude. You, yeah, your state of mind. You can't tell me you're going to show up. Yeah. You yeah. can't tell me that you're going to be able to love and lead your family the way you need to if you're showing up as that person. Yeah. You just can't. Yeah. You can try and pat yourself on the back for it, but it's not going to be very valuable. So. They deserve more. They do. They absolutely deserve more. So, and this is part of helping them get that value that you can bring as the man of your house. Establishing that identity and operating out of it is absolutely clutch. Yep. Absolutely. So, friends... Thanks for joining us on this episode. We hope it brought some value to you. Um, if you have not yet, um, go ahead, check out ironsociety.co to learn more about the Iron Society. You can follow Nick and I on Instagram um, to, you know, just we have, we're putting videos out all the time, or at least I am. Not Nick. We'll get there. <laughs> Nick will get there one day. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'd love to, you know, and if you start following, you know, let me know um, and we could have a conversation and just would love to give you guys value in any way that we can. But, anyways. Thanks for joining us this week. We will be back next week. Same bat place, same bat time. We'll catch you later. Going old school. Going old school, baby. Out. 
Hey, one thing before you go, if you got any value out of today's episode, we would so appreciate a five-star rating and review wherever you are listening to this podcast, as well as, hey, take a picture with your phone of you listening, take a screenshot and post it to social media. Go ahead and tag me at Cody Chapman, and you can tag Nick as well at the Nick Milligan. Also, if you want to learn more about the Iron Society, you can head on over to ironsociety.co to learn more. We'll see you next week.